You are now listening to the Major Jobs Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Major Jobs Podcast. Today, I got to talk with a machinist, and this episode was in association with GE Aviation General Electric, and I got to talk with a machinist. His name is Kevin, and he was super, super cool. I could tell he was super passionate about his job. It's really, really interesting, and I think a lot of people would be interested in it if you're good at making things or you're passionate about making things, you know, anything. Uh, Kevin talks a little bit more about it, but I'll just let the interview play for itself. So without further ado, here's the interview, and I just want to say thank you so much for listening. The first question I have for you is, what is your job title? Sure. So I am an all-around machinist, and I work at uh, GE Aviation. So I work in the tool room, and the tool room is the part of the uh, part of the plant that makes the tools and fixtures and gauges and dies and just all the hardware that the rest of the business actually making the jet engine parts needs to make their parts. So um, <clears throat> if there's um, like a tube or um, a, a sector or a blisk, and th- those are just different components of the jet engine. Like they're they're manufactured, but they need to be measured really precisely and really specifically. So we make all the the equipment um, to do that, and they could be huge fixtures that weigh hundreds of pounds. They could be tiny little like things you can hold in your hands, but they're all just for measuring specific features of specific parts. Mm. So, did you always know that you wanted to do this from an early age? Uh, specifically being a machinist? No, I didn't, you know, I didn't know, I didn't know what that term was for, for a long time, but I always liked to make things even as a kid, whether it was like making things out of cardboard and construction paper, just like putting things together. Um, or even like in, uh, my dad's workshop, just playing with, you know, scraps of wood that were left over from a project or, um, taking apart like a printer or something that broke like just wanting to take it apart and find out what's inside and like see if I can put it back together in some other fun way. So making things has always been has always intrigued me. Knowing how things work has always intrigued me. Um so that kind of is a pretty good uh natural like progression into being a machinist. Like that's a pretty good if that's what your interest is initially as as a kid, then that's a decent um you know way to go as a as a career, if that's what you're interested in. So how did you personally first find out about the job? So let's see, when I was, um, uh, maybe in junior high, um, <clears throat> still interested in, you know, at home and making things. Uh, I met a guy who worked in the same office building, uh, where my mom worked and he had like a really cool, like research and development company where he would make cool, like robots and stuff and had like military hardware, like laying around all over the place, just like stuff that a 13 year old would be really interested in. So, uh, I got to know him and he had a small shop, um, with like a small milling machine and he let me use that. And I just realized it was like, this is like a step above any tool, any woodworking tool, you know, I've ever used. This is like, like a serious tool. You, this is the tool you can make tools with. So once I kind of realized that it was like, I knew there was a little bit something more, um, more than what I had been working with. So, uh, and then I, uh, talked to my uncle who, my uncle Jerry is actually a machinist and I was able to tour his shop. Um, this is when I was still pretty young, like before I really had any experience with machine tools besides just that one little milling machine. 
And I had the same feeling. Like walking through there, I was like, wow, this is like so far above anything I've ever you know, worked with in, in my, in my shop, like cutting metal, like really seriously and really precisely, like on a huge scale. So that really, you know, sparked my mind to, Mm -hmm. to be more interested in that. So, yeah. So what was your kind of pathway to get to where you are today? Yeah. So after I realized like what uh, a machinist was and what that, you know, what that career sort of looked like after touring uh, my uncle's shop, uh, I enrolled in a community college for a, a machine tool technology program. So that's a two-year associate's degree. And I wasn't totally sure about it at first, but after I, it was when I got to work in the lab, in the machine tool lab, and actually get on the machines and like get graded on parts that I made, like that was satisfying. It's like, wait, I, I can get graded on something that I cut and drilled and tapped and finished and reamed and like, machined on myself like that was satisfying you know mm. uh, to have a finished part that you know you can hold in your hand and be graded on so i i wanted it to feel my hope was that it would feel like i get the same satisfaction that i got when working on a home project you know something out of my own mind mm-hmm. and it did like it did feel that way like the lab time you know we had our lecture and then our lab time and the lab was like three hours and it just flew by every time mm. it's because you're so focused and like energized on what you're doing and wanted to make a a perfect part you know mm. yeah so right after you got out of college what kind of jobs did you do so actually while i was in college um in like the first semester uh was when a ge actually came and announced uh they were offering an internship with uh between the college and and the ge um um location that that i'm working at and i thought that sounded like a pretty good opportunity i mean it's obviously a really prestigious company it's like you know pretty cool to be working on parts for jet engines i was like well that sounds like a pretty good way to go so i uh, i uh, enrolled in the internship program and was chosen and that lasted um that was like um during the school year was like a couple days a week and then in the summer it was full-time so I was learning about machining at college, you know, in the classroom and then getting to apply it in my internship, you know, in the same week, which was pretty cool. Um, but I started out during the internship, I was doing production jobs. So jobs actually in the plant, making the parts, making the parts themselves. So that's uh, a little different from working in the tool room uh, as far as like the process, like your responsibilities are uh, a, a lot more focus. It's like you're working on one machine, maybe making one part, and you kind of have like fewer tasks. Um, versus in the tool room, there's a lot more freedom and res- responsibility. Really, like the responsibility to make decisions is more on you because you're the machinist. You decide like um, how you're going to hold a part, how you're going to cut a part, how you're going to measure it. As long as it passes inspection, but in production, it's, there's a lot more. Um, strict rules and guidelines and how to do your job. So that's what I started doing. And then after I graduated, I got hired full time and was still in a production job uh, where I learned, you know, a lot of different, you know, handling the parts really helps you get an idea of what you're doing when you go into the tool room later. Cause then you recognize, Oh, this gauge measures that part. I used to work on that. Or this tool is made for holding that part. You know, you get a, have a familiarity already with, the function of the tools you're building. So, so my goal was to get a job in the tool room. And after, um, 
after I, you know, met the requirements, I uh, took a test and interviewed and got hired into the tool room, which I, you know, was my the goal from the beginning. The goal, really, of the whole internship program, uh, because in the field itself, like a lot of people are retiring, and in a lot of the trades, that's the case, and so they need people to backfill those jobs, and they went to the, you know, the college machine tool program to try to find uh, find those people. So, mm. and what would you say you do on a daily basis? Like, what's your schedule like? Yeah. So, uh, what I do in the tool room, most of the jobs are either like repairing a gauge or a tool that's either um, failed inspection or it was dropped or broken or needs a, uh, a modification. So you'll have that tool already existing and you'll get a print and it'll say, okay, make a new one of these and uh, or um, make another one of these or you know, repair this broken piece or something. So you have uh, your print and you have the thing and you decide, okay, how am I going to achieve that? How am I going to set it up? Am I going to mill this? Am I going to grind it? Am I going to turn it? It's like whatever tool and setup is necessary to accomplish that as the machinist, you have to plan all that out. Um, and same thing for a new build. If you get, um, only it's, you're starting from the beginning. If you get a print and just raw material, raw steel or aluminum or whatever, uh, could be plastic, anything. Uh, and you decide, okay, I have this material and it's in this shape. And by the end it needs to be in another shape <laughs> very precisely. So you decide again, it's like basically all, all machining is, is, is this right here. It's how are you going to hold apart? How are you going to cut apart and how are you going to measure apart really precisely? Those are like the three main steps of most any machining operation. So, and the order in which you do those things matters is extremely, you know, is extremely important as well. Cause you can, you know, if you have a complex part, you can end up like painting yourself into a corner. Like, oh, I'm going to machine these features and then flip it around and hold it like this. And then you realize, oh, I don't have any way to hold this part anymore. <laughs> so you, you have to, to plan ahead and say maybe, you know, leave a little bit extra stock on there to hold while you machine the features. And then you can flip it around and hold it a different way. So it's like a, you know, a challenge to, uh, to figure out the right order and the right process of how you're going to make the right part. So what would you say, in your opinion, is the easiest part of the job and what is the hardest part? Uh, I mean, the easiest might be like, I don't know, maybe like using the bandsaw. I mean, <laughs> that's pretty simple. <laughs> as far as complexity goes, I mean, uh, it's a pretty simple tool to use. I mean, the tolerance on a bandsaw, you know, you're kind of just cutting up to the line and then leaving yourself some extra stock that you'll mill off later. Um, and maybe like, I don't know, using like a wet grinder, like a wet surface grinder. You know, if your parts, mm -hmm. if you have a bunch of parts, you could just got to make flat and you put them all on the surface grinder and, you know, let that run for a bit. You know, you can go do something else or whatever. Um, so some tasks, like you just set it up and the machine runs sometimes. Other tasks, you're like fully involved in every step, like um, fine tuning the fit between two pieces. Maybe it's a, a shaft and a bushing and you have to make just a perfect like slip fit without any shake between those things because that's the requirement of the gauge like the gauge needs to be built very precisely to measure the jet engine part very precisely so fine-tuning fits into like you know thousands of an inch or even ten thousandths of an inch you know can be can be a challenge but 
the tools are perfectly capable of it. So once once you feel comfortable with them, you feel comfortable to say, okay, I need to hit this dimension and it's plus or minus two ten thousandths of an inch. It's like, yeah, I, I, I know I can do that. I have confidence in, in the machine and in the setup. And once you've been doing it in a while, you get to feel what's going to affect what. You know what I mean? So what would you say are like some kind of traits that people would need to have to be successful in this job? Um, I'd say like an interest in how things work, an interest in like how things are made and looking at things in a way that you'd say like how could something be made better um, or like an, an attention to like just how, how mechanical things work. I mean, you're making you know parts out of metal and usually they're parts that go together and parts that function together. So, um, having a, like a mind for that, you know, is, is definitely, uh, important, like an attention to detail too. I mean, the, the, the tolerances you're working in are so small that like you kind of have to have a, a focused attitude on what you're doing because parts can be easily like, you know, turned into scrap if you're just kind of careless, not paying attention. Like, you know, it takes a lot of, uh, to, of, of focus to, to produce that kind of part. So, so, Drawing from that, what would you say are some things that you can do to boost up these traits or like make yourself better with these tools or make yourself more of a person that people are looking for in machinists? Mm -hmm. I mean, if you have, if you're in a college program already or if you have access to uh, machine tools, I'd say like, you know, use that time as much as possible. Like um, if you're in, um, taking those classes already, like, you know, take it really seriously and really try to like be the best. And like you challenge yourself, like even if the tolerance on a part is plus or minus five thousands, like just, just try, try to make it even better. See, see if you can, um, if you have, if you're in a, an environment where you have like access to that, then, then for sure, like, you know, practice as much as possible. Um, if you don't, I mean, if you're thinking about getting into that, but you don't have access to those tools, I mean, you can watch, like, seriously, there's a lot of really, really good information on YouTube, like tutorials and just, like, just, like, even, you can watch it even just for, like, the entertainment of somebody making something really cool and seeing a cool finished product at the end. For, there's from that all the way to, like, really technical, fine, detailed information about, like, how to measure things really precisely and produce like super fine tuned instruments and gauges and stuff. So, uh, if, if it's something you have an interest in, uh, you know, mild interest in already, then there's, um, a lot, like even I, even I'm a machinist and I come home and watch you, you know, machining channels on YouTube sometimes. Cause I'm like, Oh, that's cool. I never thought about, you know, how to hold a part like that or, I've, Oh, I've never seen that machine before. So, uh, a couple of YouTube channels I'll, I'll mention is uh, one of them is NYC CNC. There's a guy named John Saunders, and um, he he owns a machine shop, but he also has a YouTube channel where he features all the cool stuff he's working on and the ideas and inventions that he's got going on. And he's a, a very enthusiastic person, a very easy to listen to and watch person. So um, he's definitely a channel to check out if if you're like, oh, this machine's kind of cool. I'm kind of interested in that. Like, what are you want to see it happen. Um, you know, he, he talks through the process of a lot of the parts he's making, um, stuff he wants to do, you know, business decisions, ideas, like mistakes he's made too. He'll talk about like, Hey, we made this part and it didn't work out and we came up with a solution to fix it, you know? Um, so he's definitely one of many YouTube channels, uh, of machining that I, that I'll go to, to, to watch. 
So what are some of the differences between being a machinist and being a mechanical engineer? I could probably speak more to what it's like to be a machinist, but I can I can uh-huh. imagine what it's like to be a mechanical engineer, um, even though I, I'm not one, so I'm only going to be guessing. Uh-huh. Uh, but, it, I mean, a machinist is like, is the person who actually is cutting the metal. Like, uh-huh. they might have the responsibility or the decision making to say like how it's going to be cut, like what machine and process or whatever it's going to be done on. But like the engineer's role would be like, what is the thing in the first place? Like imagine like the engineer would solve the problem or design the, the thing being built or like do the math to figure out how thick the material should be or what the material should be or or, you know, how many screws should hold this thing together or that sort of thing. And the machinist's job would be to make the thing. And there's some overlap, too. I mean, like, sometimes I'm working with uh, engineers or designers um, and they'll be like, hey, do you think, you know, maybe they'll ask me a question. Hey, would it be easier to machine a part like this or like that? You know, and I'll give them a suggestion. And not that they not that it usually works like that. It, it typically doesn't. Um, uh-huh. typically the engineer wouldn't take advice from a machinist. Like it's, it depends. It depends on the work environment you're in. Like if you're uh-huh. a, uh-huh. a small shop and it's kind of, everyone's kind of job might overlap a little bit more, but there might be some circumstances where that's like totally never allowed. So, I mean, mm-hmm. in, in my case, there, there are occasions where, uh, there's some overlap and some collaboration on uh-huh. ideas. Maybe you're solving a new problem and, you know, an engineer or yeah. a uh, a designer might, you know, just ask a question like, "Hey, what do you think about this?" and you know, mm-hmm. might work together on that. So what I'm hearing is the machinist is the person that really likes making things and makes it work out, mm-hmm. makes the actual physical thing, and the engineers like doing the math portion of it or like the science portion of it. Yeah, I, I yeah, I think of that as a pretty um pretty fair description. Yeah, like mm-hmm. like the engineer might have the uh yeah definitely the more the math behind the the construction of the thing like knowing the science of the physics behind um i mean if you think about like a bridge like a bridge builder might not be a bridge designer you know like the bridge designer would know like you know how strong the material needs to be you know calculate the the spacing between whatever you know pieces it's made of but the bridge designer the bridge Uh builder might be just fall you know really strictly accurately following the plans it's kind of i mean that's just an analogy that came in my head but so what would you say is your advice to a teenager that wants to pursue this job field um i mean like i mentioned before that like youtube is a really good resource to you know it doesn't cost anything to just like watch a few videos about about and see if like oh it's not really for me or like oh wait they made what how did they make that they made a a motorcycle frame or they made a motorcycle engine or they made a a part for a a drag racer it's like whoa you can make you can make parts for cool stuff like you could work on parts make made for like you know for space or any sort of any sort of cool thing i mean if that's something that interests you then um that'd be something to check out but if you have access if you know somebody who has a machine shop or machine tools or maybe your dad or your uncle or something has like a lathe in the garage and you're like hey can we check that out can we can we make something on that then if you have access to that then definitely um 
find someone who'd be willing to to teach you about it because you know you can make once you realize at least for me once i realized the power of those tools of the milling machine of the lathe it's like it kind of opens your eyes to like what can be made it's like and anything is editable any piece Uh of metal you have can be cut into another shape for another use then if you're someone who enjoys making things and problem solving that's like that's huge you know i remember before i had serious machine tools um you know i'm just working with like oh a ta- woodworking tools really i'm trying to like solve my problems with you know a drill press that i turned into a router table you know that i turned into all kinds of other stuff because i it was like a workaround for not having the real thing but now that you know i'm working a job i can afford to buy my own tools and have a small shop set up for myself it's like mm-hmm. you know i'm using some of the same tools at work that i do at home and that's mm-hmm. that's a cool feeling like you know sm- wow. maybe smaller versions but still it's uh-huh. cool to have that it's like a mm-hmm. once you have that knowledge and that ability you realize like just what can be done with it is really cool and i kind of want to go off of that so this is kind of the forbidden question but oh boy it's <laughs> like what is like the pay like like are you satisfied with your pay or yeah you know, do you wish it was a little better uh, it's, I'm definitely satisfied with, with the pay rate right now. I mean, working at, there's a lot of working at general electric. It's a really very good company to work for good, mm-hmm. uh, good pay and good benefits. And it's like, it's just cool to be working at like, yeah, make parts for jet engines. That's cool. There's something prestigious mm-hmm. about that. It's mm-hmm. cool. You know, not that, not that I know how a jet engine works, but it's, I'm, I'm a, a little piece of it, you know? Um, mm-hmm. so definitely for, I mean, I'm 24 years old, definitely making, uh-huh. um, I mean, the most people who I'm probably the youngest person in the tool room or uh-huh. not the youngest in the plant overall, but definitely one of the youngest. So being that there are people in their 30s, 40s and 50s who support a family on the salary uh, uh-huh. definitely shows that, you know, it, it's enough for a 24 year old <laughs> for sure. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's definitely a, and even more so the the more people that retire the more demand there's going to be for that kind of job. Uh-huh. I imagine like the pay rate for that job would only go up because there's less and less people to do it and mm-hmm. stuff still needs to get made. Planes still need to fly. So people still mm-hmm. need to do that job. I only imagine mm-hmm. that those positions would become more desirable, you know? Yeah. So now we're like kind of shifting gears. So what kind of stories or experiences that, you remember or like some experiences that you really like that you want to share with people that are like specific to your job yeah um i'd probably say um it might even actually exist outside my job but still related to it in that um friends of mine who like have are who are also either machinist or learning how to machine like it's been cool to help them, like to help a friend mm. buy a lathe, buy a mill and move it into their shop and turn it on and make something cool. Or like uh-huh. uh, a friend of mine who um, I found a lathe for him and he and I have been working together and uh, making stuff together. And he's not a machinist. He has no experience with machine tools, but he recognizes the like the power of it. So I have that information and I can help him with it. Um, and he's actually, uh, it's my friend, John Graz. He's actually a, a YouTuber as well. And uh, that's his specialty is making videos. So he's been helping uh-huh. me out, do that, helping me out, uh, with doing that. And I've been 
helping him learn a little bit about the lathe. So being able to take the knowledge I've learned at school, at work, you know, you know, on my own and helping other people with that has, has been really cool. Um, Mm. and also like, um, another good friend of mine, uh, Jimmy DeResta, uh, he's a pretty popular YouTuber in the make community. Um, I've been able to help him a lot with his machine tools. Like he's, he's an extremely talented artist and craftsman and has like a wide range of skills in different areas. But like, like he has machine tools, but he, he's never like been a machinist or like has a expertise in them. He uses them more as like uh-huh. an artist and he does it beautifully. Uh, but I've been able to help him with like skills here and there, like how to make the process easier for him. Um, uh-huh. and that's been really satisfying and he and I have become good friends um, you know, through that. And he's mm. like, I, I've taught him one thing in one area and he's taught me like 10 things in 10 areas, you know, mm. because he's, mm-hmm. is, um, you know, he has a lot of skills in, in those areas. And he and I actually last, uh, last year we went on a trip to California to a, uh, a meetup at, uh, another YouTube machinist wow. YouTubers place in, uh, in California, uh, Stan Zinkowski. He's got a YouTube channel. Um, and there was just a meetup of YouTube machinists there and I got to meet some people that I, um, watch online and, and talk uh-huh. to, but have never met. And it was cool. It was uh-huh. like, everyone's there just to share the cool things they make, you know? Yeah. So that, that's probably been the coolest part is to take this job career and, you know, take it somewhere like even, uh-huh. you know, where I'm take it somewhere social even where I'm meeting other people and helping other people, you know, figure out what they want to make and even flying to California to go hang out with other, other machinists. It's like, wow, I'm here because I'm a machinist. That's pretty cool. That's how I ended up in California on this trip, you know? Wow. So this is my last question to you as we're nearing the end. Um, what does the future look like? Like, what do you want to do or what do you want to continue doing? Yeah. So, uh, right now the position I'm in, uh, at GE is I'm an all around machinist and there's one step above that, which is a tool maker. And that's just like more responsibility. Like you have more, um, more is expected of you to work on more precise parts and more demanding like timelines because a lot of the time, like if there's gauges being worked on the, in the tool room, that's not really where they belong. They belong out on the floor being used to measure the parts. Uh-huh. So like the, uh, the pressure is a little bit more intense in that case. So it's, it's just more responsibility and it's, um, you know, something I'm working towards advancing to. Um, and then also like in my own shop, um, I've slowly built up, you know, um, jobs from like friends and family knowing that, Hey, you have those tools like, Oh, can you make something for my motorcycle? Can you make something for, you know, this and that. So I'd like to increase that too, like making more, um, maybe aesthetic things or artistic things, Mm -hmm. you know, in my shop for other people to enjoy. So, yeah. So yeah, that pretty much wraps it up. I just want to say thank you so much to you, Kevin. I learned yeah, so sure. much about this job. And it's pretty obvious. I think everyone can hear like how passionate that you are about this job and how much you love doing it. You obviously have some really great experiences. And I think everyone knows like you really love doing what you do. Yeah. And that really shows in how you talk about it. You can just hear like the enthusiasm that you have about it. And when you talk about what you do i can just hear like you can you really care about what you do and you really (laughs) like it so 
It was just really amazing to hear you talk about your job, and I learned so much from it. So I just want to say thank you so much for doing this and just spending your time here with me. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for uh, for having me on. I think it's really cool that you you thought of like that you thought of a pod making a podcast as a way to to learn about different careers. Like I, I never would have thought of that concept of like, hmm, I want to learn about different careers. I guess I'll start a podcast. But it's effective because yeah. <laughs> you get to yeah. talk to people and other people get to listen and experience it too. So that's really cool. Yep. So that pretty much wraps it up. Uh, I just want to say thank you so much. Awesome. Cool. Thank you, man. And that was the interview with a machinist. Um, just want to say thank you so much to Kevin for doing this interview. I learned so much. I'm sure that you learned a lot too. And I just want to say thank you to GE Aviation for setting this interview up. I want to shout out Cole and Lindsay. They set up this interview and I want to thank them for just having me learn a little bit about the machinist job. It's really interesting. Other than that, I just want to say thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, GE. Thank you, everybody, for doing this. And I'll see you all in the next episode. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Major Jobs Podcast. If you liked it, please be sure to follow us on Instagram at Major Jobs Podcast. If you have an interesting career and want to be featured on the show, send us an email at majorjobspodcast at gmail.com with your job title and college major if applicable. Again, thanks for listening. And remember, life happens wherever you are, whether you make it or not.